Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And in today's episode, we are joined by Miss Claudia Miller. Today, we break down what the labor market is like out there for employees, for employers, and look at like what sets candidates apart. So if you're someone who's been hiring people lately, or you're someone who's been looking for a job lately, this is an episode you will not want to miss. We'll give you some great insights on how to set yourself apart from the competition. And if you're an employer, like should you be looking forward to see those people that are that top talent and how they separate themselves as well? This is an episode you will not want to miss. And of course, if we can help you attract more people into your business so you can hire more, grow more, make sure you head over to marketingmogul.com.au where we have you covered. But until then, let's jump into the show. Claudia, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. I am so excited to be on and especially about like some of the topics we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I absolutely cannot wait. Now, Claudia, I'd like to start the podcast off the same way every time, which is if I met you at a party and we were just chatting back and forth and I said, Claudia, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? I would probably take a big swig of like red wine or something. And then afterwards say, I help career-driven professionals get the jobs they want in 90 days or less while helping them increase their salary and even up to $100,000. I like it. I like it. And I'm going to assume at a party, that would probably go down pretty well. They're like, oh, sign me up. I'm, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so what drove you towards that? I've got to assume there's got to be at least some sort of uh, job or career story in there from your side of things that kind of led you to want to be able to do that. Yeah. So I actually started on this journey for personal reasons. It was more for me to figure out how I can get a job or multiple interviews and help me increase my salary. And, you know, I always thought of myself, like I did everything. I checked off all the boxes. I went to college. I got good grades. I did internships. I joined extracurricular activities. I tried to network. And, you know, it was just a matter of time before like all the interviews started rolling in. And I had my res- my friend at the time update my resume and <laughs> I had one interview and thankfully I had one job offer, but I was very limited in options. I was, you know, destroyed because I did everything. I, I did what everyone told me to do in order for me to be successful. I should have, you know, had a really good paying corporate job and especially with all the internships that I did. So it was really painful, I would say, for them, that experience. I felt vulnerable. I felt helpless, frustrated, and just un- not unmotivated, but it's almost like feeling like, why did I do all of this when, you know, some of my peers, maybe they weren't you know as involved or did as many internships, but yet they found themselves with more interviews and job offers than I did. So at that point, that's when I realized that clearly there's something I didn't know um, that I needed to figure out if I wanted to be successful. I Just having a degree alone was not going to get me that job or that salary I wanted. So I spent, you know, the next few years really investing in myself, trying to figure out, you know, who are these people that tend to get lucky and making six figures by the age of 25. I just was bold and emailed them and said, Hey, I will, I, can I speak with you for 20, 30 minutes? You know, I read your article here on Business Insider. Can we talk? I worked with career coaches, resume writers. I bought tons of courses. I read books and eventually Through all of that, I finally was able to get my first job in a different industry with a $30,000 salary increase. 
And that also gave me visibility to the executive suite where the CEO handpicked me to lead a task force uh, because he had seen my results in such short amount of time where I was telling directors and you know leadership that were probably had more experience, more than I had been alive at that point in time. And I was helping them get the results. And then I did it multiple times after that. And that's when I realized that people also didn't know how to do it, just like I didn't know how to do it a few years back. And that's how it all started and became a business out of it. But that was never the intention. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask, because obviously going out there, having a good job, now you've got the skills, you know how to go and, you know, like to, to level up, find those those good opportunities after all that research. And then also obviously you know, get, get a decent pay rise out of it as well. What was the switching point where you're like, now I want to help other people do it after you've done it for yourself. So I transitioned from finance to education to um, health, like working healthcare, like working at a hospital setting, and then went to the private insurance side. And every single time I got over $30,000 in salary increases. So afterwards, my friends started noticing and like, how did you do this? Can you help me? I don't even never negotiated my salary at this point in time. And I had done it multiple times after that. And I kind of became obsessed with interviewing. I just interviewed because why not? I wanted to try something new. So let me apply to jobs and just interview, even though I wasn't looking for a job. And that's when I realized that I've always wanted to have a business, but I never knew exactly what it was going to be. And I felt like this was almost my calling where this is something I enjoyed. And I started perfecting it where my clients were getting better results than I was. They were getting 50, 80, and even $100,000 salary increases. And, you know, even this has been applicable even during COVID. So that's where, you know, it kind of pulled me towards me having my business. And I've been doing it now for over seven years and just went full time as of last year, just because of the demand. And it's very important, especially right now, standing out from a such a saturated market. Uh, but there's still a lot of opportunities out there. Mm, yeah, I think, as, as you say, especially last year, I think opened up for a lot of people. If you do, if you're good at what you do, I think there was actually a lot of opportunity that that kind of has has come out of all the craziness, which is um, which is awesome to hear. You were able to grab a hold of that as well. So I, I would love to know. Obviously, seeing as like you yourself at the beginning, like would have been one of those people in the categories that couldn't get into jobs, and obviously probably seeing clients and going for interviews and seeing the people that don't do that well. What's one or two things, and I'll get some love some insights on like what people should do, but like what are the two red flags that are kind of like red flag to a bull when you see people go into interviews there, you're like, oh, you know, maybe at least one of those two things, like don't do that. And that's where you're kind of holding yourself back. Well, a good indicator to figure out, you know, are you doing something right or wrong is, and, and I feel like this, you know, the quote of like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. It's so true with job searching <laughs> where I've had clients tell me, you know, I've been job searching for every year. I've applied to over 300 jobs and I've had maybe three to four interviews. And one of them offered me a job and it was below, it was less than what I was making now. So that's a huge red flag. If you don't even need to get to 300 applications, if you're applying to, you know, 2025 and you haven't received at least three to four interviews at that point, then there's something wrong with your resume. It doesn't mean that you don't have a good skill set or background. There's just, it's almost like looking at the data. There's something wrong with your resume. Either you're not standing out from the competition, or it's not getting seen, or it's just too generic and cliche where kind of people would just gloss over it. So figure out what's wrong. You don't have to get to the 300 a year into job searching to figure that out. And then 
overall, like as a foundation, start looking at what is everyone else doing in their job search and how can you stand out and do things differently? And, you know, when kind of like to your point, when you said, well, what about interviews? Like, how do you know, like, I'm sure there's some telltale signs there that you can tell. And yes, they, what I've seen is a lot of people try to wing through their interviews when they get asked, tell me about yourself. And they just say like, maybe, you know, I'll just wing it. I'll know what to say once I get there. And no, that's not the case. I promise you, you're not going to figure out all the right words. You're not going to say all the right things. So really prepare for the expected, but also prepare for the unexpected. Like even in marketing, I'm sure that, you know, there's always this foundation. It's customer or the stage of awareness. Is there's a person or prospect aware? Are they pain aware? Are they solution aware? Um, do we need to educate them? So they are either going to like land in one of these stages. Same thing with questions like during the interview process. Eventually, like they just want to know, are you, you know, are you teachable? Are you going to be able to do the work and understand and be able to take onus of it? And are you a good person to work with? Like that's the bottom line. And figure out like what are they really asking with their question? So when they ask you, you know, tell me a little bit more about your weakness. They're not trying to, you know, kind of like tear you apart right in front, like during the interview process. They're really asking. Are you self-aware of what you're not good at? And what do you do about it? Do you just do nothing and just say, well, that's the way I was born and that's just the way it is? Or are you more of a person saying, I know I'm not good at this and I know it's important for my job. So I'm going to invest and find ways on how I can progress and get better. That's the end point. That's what it is with interview. People make it so complex and we get so nervous but because we also, or a lot of people just don't prepare for, you know, basic common interview questions we all know are going to be asked. Yeah, so important. And um, let's say one step back, because obviously you mentioned to get to the interview first, like you've still got to get your resume through the door to get that call. Is there something like if I just held up a resume right now, is there something where you could be like, bang, straight away, something something is wrong? Like what are some of the big red flags that you see people do these days that might, you know, kind of stand out like a sore thumb? So for an HR person, they probably spend six to eight seconds on your resume. They're just trying to, they have so many applicants. And for every one job posting, there's an average of 250 people applying to that one job. So it's literally glossing over. Does this stand out? Nope. Tossing it over. And the biggest mistake I see people is they don't create a summary at the beginning of the resume. And I know there's different trains of thoughts, but at the end of the day, let's connect the dots to the reader because they don't know you at that point in time. They're going through a lot of resumes. So let's find your market differentiator, something that's going to hook them and, you know, get them to read your resume. And then, you know, on, like I said, connect the dots. So for example, if you were, you know, a person that has a background in sales and they're applying for a marketing role at a first glance, I'm like, why are you applying to a marketing role when you have only a sales background? But if we dig deeper, sales, you know, marketing is part of the sales process. You need to attract, you know, people that are in that buying maybe awareness stage and then take them through the pipeline and they eventually go through the sales process. So if we're able to pull out those transferable skills, knowing, you know, I know what customer pains are. I know, you know, how to hook them. I know how to uncover pains and challenges that's going to attract the right prospects then all of a sudden, I can see why you're applying for the marketing role because you already have a lot of these marketable transferable skills. So let's make it so easy for the reader that in six to eight seconds, they can say, I can see Cam will be a really great person for marketing role, especially with his like background in sales. And 
right now he's actually is better than all the other candidates because most of our candidates are coming only for marketing roles, but we actually will love for someone that can speak both sales and marketing and bridge those two situations and even make our marketing even stronger. So all of a sudden you're standing out from all the rest, even though you might've never really had a job or a role within marketing itself. Yeah, I think that's hugely important. I know that when whenever I, like we've just been hiring recently and, and getting some some resumes through and it's like even uh, even when some people do put in their summary, it's like I can tell they haven't really changed it since the last one that they put through and it's like I'm reading, I'm like, what has this got to do with, you know, working at a digital marketing company? Like this makes no sense. And it's, uh, yeah, like I, I don't know if, if you've, you've seen this, but I know for me, it's like, it seems like sometimes people are just like, I'm just going to send the same thing out to out to those 200 people and and just see what sticks and uh it can it can become like even from the hires perspective i'm like oh yeah as you say i just gloss over it and kind of push it push it down the line and say a lot of people are just so surface level with their resume they'll say i manage various projects within marketing for our digital products department okay so what so does every other 249th applicant in this pile? Why are you the best? So they never actually give you tangibles or achievements. You know, I created a new segmentation for one of our newest releases of products that generated over $30 million in pipeline in less than 12 months. And of those, we're converting at least 40%. All of a sudden, now I'm interested. You target or penetrate a new market. You were able to identify them. You built a healthy pipeline. And from those, it seems to be qualified leads. And it's actually a higher conversion rate than the average market rate. So that's very different than I just created a marketing strategy for the digital product. Yeah, I think that's usually powerful being actually specific and showing how you could add, add value to them. And now like on the on the other side of things, like stepping into the world of like, obviously they've, they've got some interviews now, people coming through. What's the, what are some of the things that set your candidates apart when they're getting 30, 50, $100,000 more than others? Because if you've got a few people coming through, as you say, like everyone's um, obviously your, the resumes will stand out, but if you've got similar people, what's, what's the point of differences helping people get those big pay boosts compared to everyone else? Yeah. So, I mean, I usually have this misconception that salary negotiation really happens towards the end, either through the interview process or maybe when you get a job offer. And that's partially true. You could probably get maybe 10, 15, 20, maybe up to $25,000 in salary increases. But how I help my clients get, you know, the 50, 75, $100,000 salary increases is because we've been optimizing it for our sales negotiation throughout the whole entire process starting with the resume, cover letter, our LinkedIn profile. You know, I have my clients network with people within the company and people that left the company. I have them look at earnings call, listening to them. Like, what are they looking? How do they do these past 12 months? What are they looking to the next 12 months? Where are they allocating their resources? What are they promising the market to do? And, you know, and there's a lot more detail that goes into it. So when my clients go and interview, others can't compete with them. Time isn't on their side. So they at least spend anywhere between four to six weeks preparing for these interviews. We already know they're coming. We're just going to need to prepare for them so that when the time comes, we already have everything in place. So if you need me to interview tomorrow, I'm ready. And then you want the second interview before the end of the week, I'm ready. Whereas other candidates are barely like struggling to figure out, let me look at the company website. Let me maybe do a Google search. Maybe I'll look at Glassdoor. Let me look at people on LinkedIn's profile. And then all of a sudden they're trying to come up with what they're trying to say. And they're more reactive where my clients are proactive. 
So to give you an example, an average candidate or interviewer will, will ask questions towards the end, and maybe they'll ask, what made you decide working at Acme? Or can you tell me a little bit more about the culture? Or can you tell me what the, what does a day, typical day-to-day look like? Where my clients will come in, they'll say, well, Kim, I realized that you know Acme Company is looking to penetrate a new market by the end of next year. And because of that, they're creating a new product or service. I understand you're looking for a marketing professional. And with this product or service, it looks like you are specifically uh, where we can capitalize on that market is, you know, B2B sales that are making over a million dollars. And then they are focusing in manufacturing. And I know I could be a great asset to the company because that's where my background is. I already have and know all the great networks and their stage of awareness that those clients are in order for us. And I'll be able to help the team and be able to really go to market with this new product or service just in time for 2022 fiscal year. So can you tell me a little bit more, like what does that plan look like and a little bit more of that timeline and where are you seeing challenges in being able to hit that go-to-market live date? Very different than tell me your day-to-day operations call. Everyone's asking those questions. We don't care. We already know those answers. Let's go at a higher level that all of a sudden my my candidates, they're like, oh my God, you guys are your godsend. Like, yes, I that's exactly my pain points. Yes, we've actually been struggling with that. We actually have never been in this industry before, and a lot of my team members haven't. So I would love to have someone in your, you know, someone with your background and really provide and lead a lot of these projects because you know, we can see that you bring real good value to it. And all of a sudden, they're almost saying like, we want you and it changes the conversation to please have me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. So obviously, it's it's starting with the end in mind, knowing what your end outcome is, and then kind of stepping back and making sure that every piece along the way serves that, which I, I think is amazing, because most, as you say, most people don't do that. It's like they they treat it very ad hoc. But if it's if it's a if it's a career you want to get into, or you're looking to you know try and attract a very decent you know salary that like you've you've got to put in that preparation, which is which is amazing, and um, sounds like you know yourself and your clients absolutely hit that nail on the head. So what opportunities are for out there for people? Like obviously working with someone like yourself, they can go and attract that. But as you said, like with the market shifting and whatnot, what have you seen as some of the big opportunities for those people? On this, uh, listening to this podcast, we have a lot of business owners, so they're probably very excited to hear about how they can attract people like that. But then, for, from an employee perspective as well, like what are some of the big opportunities you see, you know, happening in the, in the labor market in the next, you know, next couple of years? Yeah. So because we are, a lot of companies are going towards remote. Like this is opportunity to work at your favorite company that maybe isn't headquartered in your city. And you can still apply to them because more than likely they'll be remote. Or you can finally travel wherever it is that you want with you and your family and still apply and work for a huge reputable company. And if you want to be in a rural area, you can definitely do that and still earn a very good income because of it. And the cost of living, it just works out. And even career change. Like for me, a lot of my clients are career changers. They'll say, you know what? I am tired of this industry. And I would really like to do that, or I would really like to pivot into this new area. And that is totally possible. And, you know, one of the best ways that I've seen it is I always tell clients, well, let's just say you're transitioning from healthcare and you wanted to transition to tech. Well, then start making a list of all the technology and systems that you use and then go apply to those companies. Cause now all of a sudden you can come from the customer side saying, I know exactly what, you know, I know your focus is on healthcare and that's where my background is. I've been doing this now for 15 years and I worked across various departments in the healthcare setting. And I know what the clients like myself are wanting and needing what their biggest challenges are. I know I would be successful working there as a customer success manager. And like I said, I know how to understand. I know the business acumen of the industry. 
So all of a sudden, I'd rather hire you because you're an industry leader and you probably already have networks than just another customer success person. So doing those things are really going to help you stand out. And I see like this a big trend. A lot of people are just changing careers. They finally realize, like, I feel like some of them feel like they've been in a fog of, I kind of just ended up in this role. Maybe I did an internship and now it's been 10 years and I absolutely hate it. And this is not even what I graduated with my major in back in college. So now people are having more flexibility and independence of working for the companies they want to, being able to work into those industries. And at the end of the day, a lot of us have transferable skills that we can moved over. Now, I would say like, obviously, you can't go from being a project manager to applying to become a physician because you need to go through all the schooling. But for most jobs out there, um, it is possible. And not only that, their companies are paying really well. And it is very competitive out there at the moment where right now employees have leverage. Companies, not so much. They're actually struggling to get top talent because other companies have, that already been doing this for so long are, you know, have great benefits, have great culture. They already have systems and processes in place for remote employees. They've had created really great products. They listen to their customers. So for other companies that are more like archaic or old school thinking of like, no, we need to have our employees work in the office, then all of a sudden they're struggling because there's such a huge delta. They're already underpaid and the way the market is rapidly growing, they just can't compete. And now they're, you know, kind of at a loss with like the types of talent that they will like, but they just came in afford because they haven't stayed consistent or up to market with what the current marketplace is paying right at the moment. Yeah, I think that's, that's hugely powerful for everyone to pay attention to. And um, Claudia, as, as we get towards the end of our time here together, I always like to ask the same question, which is, is there a question that I haven't asked you that I should have? What I u- usually see in people. Um, so for your business owner, sometimes it would be instead of saying, you know, how can I hire a good candidate and that fits all my qualifications in this job description and maybe not even give them a competitive pay, start asking, what is it that I can, that I can teach and what is it that I need to hire for? So hire someone with grit is going to outperform more than the person that does have you know, some experience than some person that's willing to learn and really understanding that. And I would say even a red flag is when a person considers themselves a workaholic, that might be because they have time management issues. I've seen a lot of people always busy, but yet they bring very little value to the company. So if an employee, you know, works from eight to five, but they outperform the rest of the team, that's way better than having someone that's working there to 8 p.m. getting burned out and not even bringing real value to the company and probably sometimes even just being slow at their processes um, and not optimizing them or even, you know, they're just not doing things right and they have to do a lot of rework in there. So be considerate of like when you see a workaholic and hire for grit um, and someone that's teachable than someone, you know, that just has experience and get in early, leave late at night and yet not provide very value too much to the company. I love that. And now, Claudia, if we've got people that have been listening online, maybe they're employees or business owners and they just want to find out more about what you're up to, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Yeah, they can go to my website, ClaudiaTMiller.com. So T as in Tom, ClaudiaTMiller.com. 
Amazing. Thank you so much. So guys, if you're an employer and maybe you want to share this with some other employers, they can get some insights into what people are looking for these days and, you know, like how to sift through the uh, the talent that's out there. Or if you're an employee and you're looking for changing roles and maybe you know someone that's about to change roles, please share this episode with them so they can hear some of uh, Claudia's wisdom on how to stand out in the marketplace. Um, and obviously as well, wherever you're reading or watching this, check the show notes and we'll have a link to um, a link to Claudia's website as well. Claudia, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you making the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you.